0: The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Centre. Remain blessed as you listen. So I'm not going to recap what I've thought because we will take my time. That means to take my five distance. Let's just go into the word. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now, we've been talking about the doctrine of tongues and we've, been, we've explained a lot. Now, I want us to answer certain questions. All right. All right, we want to answer the question, when did believers first become born again in Scripture? That's one. Then we want to explain what is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Is baptism in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Then the third thing we want to answer is that, why is it that some people, after having believed, are not able to speak in tongues? After having believed, they are not able to speak in tongues. So we're going to explain that. Praise God. Amen. So when did believers get get born again? Was it in John 20, 21 to 24, or Acts 2, 1 to 4? So let's turn our Bibles to John 20, 21, 24. Uh, Many of you are conversant with reading a lot of Bible literature. You would have read that people got born again, all right, for the first time in John 20, 21 to 24, all right? Many in the Pentecostal circles are actually of that persuasion, all right? So I'm going to be showing you from the scriptures when people actually got born again, and I'm going to be showing you. Type uh, um, a reasons from typologies, you know, because remember we said that the law was a shadow of the things to come, and we saw, all right, that the law, all right, pointed to Jesus in typologies, whereas, all right, the law, the prophets actually pointed to Jesus in the prophecies. So you can preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus from the law In the typologies, and you can preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the prophets in the prophecies. I don't know if you understand what I've just said. I don't know if you understand what I've just said. All right. So it means that every single thing that happens, all right, that would happen, must agree, glory to God, with those prophecies, must agree with the typologies uh, in the law of Moses, and must agree with the prophecies in the prophets. Praise God. I said, praise God. So let's look at John chapter 20, verse 21, 24. Look at what he says. Everybody read one to go. He says what? Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even soon send I what? You. Now, hold on. Please note certain things about the book of John. All right. Apostle John writes about this. Okay. All right. He wrote the gospel of John years after the events occurred. So it was not writing, um, when you're reading the Gospels, the Gospel writings, you are not reading, all right, an account, all right, that was spent immediately, it happened. So what you have is a sense knowledge account, all right, infused, all right, with an understanding of the truth of the Gospel. Are you following? Such that what you're seeing is that, all right, is writing all right, what happened with an informed mind? So it's an informed mind, a mind that has been renewed to the truth of who Christ is from the law and the prophet. Are you, are you clear? All right, so you are going to see certain terminologies, those stated in the book of John, all right, but was not necessarily applicable to the period when the, um, the, the, the statement were made. For example, Jesus said, I am the what? True vine and you are my branches. He said that to men who were not born again. Are you following? At the time when he said, I am the true vine and you are my branches, were they his branches? No. Not yet. Praise
1: God. Not yet.
0: Praise God. All right? Not yet. Because in the same St. John's chapter 17, Jesus was praying that they may be one as we are one. Hallelujah. Because if we're already one, if they were already one, glory to God, why pray? Then if they were already one, or if they were not already one, then it means that, all right, though he was the true vine, then they were, not branches, they were not the branches yet. Hallelujah. So you must be careful when you are reading the Gospels to know what is stated as a now um, occurrence in the Gospel, what was actually applicable to when Jesus, all right, would die, would be buried, would rise from the dead, and the Spirit was given. Hallelujah. So we're going to see one of those instances here. Now look how it says, it says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. 22, go on. And when he has said this, he breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive ye the word Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. 23. Now it says, Whosoever since she remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever since she retain, they are what? Retained. Now we've explained in previous, I think, 11, all right, Apostle explained this, and I've explained it to you several times. That when the Bible says, "Whosoever sins, she remit; they are remitted, and whosoever sins, she retain." They are retained. This is done via the exercise of preaching the gospel. When you preach the gospel, all right, whoever you preach the gospel to and that person receives it, that person's sins has been what? Remitted. All right. And if you refuse to preach the gospel to someone by refusing to preach the gospel to that person, all right, and that person not acknowledging the gospel, you have retained the sins of the person. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus is not saying we go around telling people no. Your sins will never be forgiven. No, no, no. All right? It is through the exercise of preaching, all right, that this is applicable. So now that's what that says. Now look at Acts of Apostle chapter 2 and from verse 1 to 4. I just want us to read the scriptures. Then we'll now dive in. When were believers first born again? Uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now it is very important for us to note that it is not an accident that Luke noticed or noted that it was on the day of Pentecost that this event happened. And I'm going to show you the significance of Pentecost in a bit. I'll show you the significance of Pentecost, all right, and its relevance in the prophetic calendar of the church. Amen. He said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and he filled all the ass where they were sitting, verse 3, alright, and what? They appeared unto them, cloven tongues, like as a fire, and he sat upon each of them. Verse 4, everybody read, 1, 2, go, he says what? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with what? Other tongues, as the Spirit did what? Them what? Or trans. Very important. So we've seen the two. Now, let us now divide scriptures to know which was when people actually got again.
1: Turn your Bible to St. John's Gospel chapter 7, 34. John 7 and 34 into 37. John
0: 7, 34 into 7. Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, Peter, you cannot come. You can read when you get, the, get home, you can read the, um, the full stuff for context. Then said the Jews among themselves, whither will he go? That we should not find him. Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and this the Gentiles? 36. What manner of saying is this? That he said, He shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, teacher, you cannot come. 37. Everybody would want to go. In the last day, that great day of the fish, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. We've explained this, right? The one. All right. Verse, uh, next verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Next verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. So this means that the Holy Ghost could not be given until the glorification of Jesus. So now the question will now be when was Jesus glorified? What is the glorification of Jesus? What does that mean? The glorification of Jesus in Acts of Apostles chapter thirty-two. You know what I've realized? I think, I think that if how many of you know that if you if you put together a Christian conference, a Christian conference where Christians are going to come together for a conference, how many of you agree with me that we should actually have proper Bible study in a Christian conference? Are you following what I'm saying? How many of you agree with me that we should leave the conference? Knowing, having a detailed understanding of certain subjects, do you understand? All right, I I I struggle with Christian conferences when I'm trying to. I'm listening to the conference, I'm not learning anything. How many of you are good with that? I'm not. Do you understand? Now, I go I go for conferences for different reasons. There are conferences I go for just to get impartation of the grace on the men. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just want to just you get. Because me, let me tell you my own own mantra. I don't care if the man is um, teaching false doctrine, maybe because of ignorance or whatever. Is there grace at work in his life? I want to drink of that grace. We will discuss the wrong doctrine later. You understand? But I think, I actually think that it's important. And that um, churches all around the world, when you put conferences together, it must be with the mindset that the teaching must be. You know, there must be a teaching ministry there. Because when I'm listening to a lot of stuff, I'm like, oh my God, what is this? It's a Christian conference. Hallelujah. It's a Christian conference. You get? You know? All right. All, I mean, I've listened to many over the years, and I always wonder what exactly. I mean, I mean I, I've, I've, I've gotten to place, some days I want to write. I don't know what to write. <laughs> I don't know. I've been, I don't know, is it only me that I've been in that kind of situation where you're listening to someone and you don't know what to write? Yes, sir. Uh, mean, I, I don't know what to write. What am I gonna... <laughs> Praise God. I'm not referring to any particular one. I'm just talking of conferences I've listened to before you start thinking what pastors saying, because there are some people that are like that. You always want to be assistant of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, is there a witness in your spirit? <laughs> Acts 2.32 Acts 2.32, turn to Acts 2.32. Now, pay attention. We want to explain, answer the question, glorification of Jesus. When was Jesus glorified? Now, I want you to note, pay attention to this, though, because you might miss it. This Jesus, okay, or should we read it for context? Let's back up to 28. Sorry, Albin. you know I'm like that, so why are you surprised? I can say 25 and I want us to do 15, so you yeah, are used to it now. Now, thou hast made known to me, oh, hallelujah, don't let, I will stay here. If you want to understand, go to Messianic, I have a series called Messianic, I explain the Psalms because this is a Messianic Psalm. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, thou shall make me full of joy with thy countenance. That's Psalm 16:11. Men and brethren, now Peter is trying to tell us that David was not speaking of himself, David was speaking of Christ. He says, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch, David, that is both dead and buried, (laughs) and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Notice so, he will raise up Christ to sit where? On his throne. All right? So that means there is a resurrection, and there is a what? An ascension. Praise God. All right? There is a resurrection, an ascension, and a sitting down. Are you following? Are you following? Uh, Pay attention. All right? So he's seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Next, verse 32. This Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all what? Witnesses. 33. Therefore, being by what? The right hand of God, what? Exalted. Hold on. It means that the resurrection of Jesus is a compound word for the raising of Jesus from the dead and the exaltation of Jesus to so God's right hand. Are you following? Are you following? Because he says here, therefore being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shared for this which he now see and hear. Which means the giving of the Holy Ghost was because of the exaltation of Jesus. So Jesus only gave the
1: Spirit after he had been exalted. Hallelujah. Are you, are you
0: following? So the glorification of Jesus is the exaltation of Jesus at the right hand of the Father. So when he says the Holy Ghost was not given because Jesus was not yet what? Glorified, he's saying the Holy Ghost is not, was not given because Jesus has not yet been what? Exalted to the Father's right hand. Jesus has not yet sat down at the Father's right hand. Until he sits at the Father's right hand, the Holy Ghost cannot be given. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Until he was physically taken away from the earthly space, the spirit of God could not come and all right, play his role. Jesus himself said this in St. John's gospel, chapter number 16. Everybody pay attention. Make sure you're following the scriptures. Those of you online, pay attention. Please share the link on Facebook, Facebook, those of you from our centers in Ejibo, all right. Make sure you are following. Those of you from our centers in um, Canada, America, Hungary, I so know you guys are watching. Make sure you share the links. Um, I know. I mean, there are different folks mix um, all the different platforms. Praise God. Somebody sent some of uh, some of my children in <laughs> Hungary every night. They always. Where's the link for prayer? I've never seen people that are hungry to pray like that before. Because they're hungry, Abby. Don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. You have beardless king here, because he will turn it to a skito. Don't leave me, don't leave me. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, <laughs> now it says, therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which he now would see. And here, now look at John sixteen seven. 7. St. John's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 7. As long as Jesus was physically present on the earth, as long as the disciples could see him, they
1: couldn't be born again. Hallelujah. Amen. For the uh,
0: operation of being born again was only possible When Jesus had departed the scene, if he was still present, it was not going to be possible. Look at John 6, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. You see that? If I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So that means it is in his departing that he will send. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the, the, one of the mistakes I found that was made when we were growing up, when we learned these things, was that the teaching of the Comforter, all right, we taught, they taught the Comforter, all right, as um, when we talk about the Comforter coming, all right, it was taught as the empowerment. You understand how it was taught, right? Um, the, 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 the power. You know, after you get saved, you now have to get the comforter. How I many of you understand what I'm talking about? That was the teaching. So it's within, within that context, we, we, taught, we, we, we interpreted the scripture. And, and one of the most dangerous things that can happen in Bible interpretation is for you to interpret a scripture with a, with a wrong or biased mindset. Now, there is a bias you must have when you are interpreting scriptures. Christ is the bias of Bible interpretation. Are you following? Christ is the correct and only allowable bias of Bible interpretation
1: because the scriptures testify of him. Praise God. Any other bias is a counterfeit. So it is
0: only after Jesus departs and ascends that the Spirit can come. And the new birth is the receiving of the Spirit. The new birth is the receiving of the what? Of the Spirit. That's what the new birth is. The receiving of the Spirit. Praise God. The new birth is the receiving of the Spirit. Now, another reason why the new birth was only after the ascension of Jesus is by the principles of types and shadows. That's another explanation I'm going to give to you. How many explanation explanations have I given you? I have given you two, correct? In Acts 2, 32 to 35, correct? Correct. How that the resurrection includes his ascension, the glorification includes his ascension. Then the second one is John 16:7. How that he has to go for the Holy Ghost to come. Praise the Lord. Now I want to now give you a third one, a third reason why, all right, the born-again experience could only occur after Jesus physically departed we know he died, he was raised from the dead and he spent 40 days, 40 days on the earth, physically with his disciples. So in as much as he was with them, 40
1: days, they couldn't be born again. Are you following? Because what does it mean to be born again? It means the spirit in you. Hallelujah.
0: So if is with them physically teaching them, then the Holy Ghost could not start his ministry, which was in them, teaching them. Are you you following? Listen, let me explain this way. All right? The ministry of Christ was, he was physically before them, teaching them. The ministry of the Spirit is that Christ comes into them and begins to teach them from within them. So until Jesus physically lives, he cannot appear in us. So when Jesus um, uh, ascended from the earth into the right hand of God, hallelujah, he not only ascended from the earth into the right hand of God,
1: he ascended from earth into our hearts. Hallelujah. Into our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Into our hearts. So those two ministries cannot coexist. It couldn't have. Now, let's continue. So,
0: we're going to look at typologies. Now, there were three great feasts in the Old Testament. We're going to concentrate on two. There are three great feasts in the Old Testament, and we're going to concentrate on two. We have the Feast of the Passover, the Feast of Harvest, all right, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I'm not going to be looking at Tabernacles today, because Tabernacles is, you know, all right, way out of what I want to talk about today. but there are two I want to talk about, which are the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost. Now, the Feast of Passover was instituted in Exodus chapter number 12.
1: Turn to Exodus chapter 12 on verse 14 to 17. Exodus chapter number 12 on verse 14 to 17. I actually had this feeling that if we said wanted to do something like this
0: for for three weeks or something, people will come because people are hungry for the word. You understand? People are tired of this. You, you, amen. You, amen. 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 Come, amen. Let us can we? You understand? There's that one, but can we go into the word? You understand? Uh-huh. That there's that.
1: Hallelujah. But there's also let us answer questions. Hallelujah. Now, Exodus
0: 12, 14 to 17, it says, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your what? Your generations. I love the scriptures. It said, Your generations. It means that there's a termination of the, you understand? It said, Your generations. So that means in scripture, in the Old Testament, forever has a context. Amen. It has a context. He said, All right, throughout your generations, ye shall keep it. A feast by an ordinance for what? Now, what is the context of this forever? Your generations. Praise God. <laughs> now, next verse. Seven days shall ye eat unliving bread. Uh-huh. All right. Even the first day you shall put away living out of your houses. For whoever eateth living bread, from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be what? Cut up. What is unliving bread? Unliving bread is bread that you don't put yeast in. Hallelujah. Alright, so that means Unliving Bread is a bread without sin. Unliving Bread here speaks typologically of Jesus Christ. How do I know? Well, alright, turn your Bibles, alright, because this is talking about the Passover. Okay, alright, this is the Feast of Passover. If you turn your Bibles to the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 7, you're, you're going to see clearly that J- Jesus is called, all right, our Passover lamb, all right, or our Paschal lamb. Our Pascha, Pascha is Passover, Pascha, that's Hebrew for Passover. So it says, port out, now pay attention, He said, port out therefore the what? Port out therefore what? The whole living, that ye may be a what? As ye are what? You see, the typologies, the grammar, you know, it now says, for even Christ our what? Passover is what? Sacrifice for us. So, just as the lamb in Exodus 12 was sacrificed, all right, what Paul is telling us, that that lamb was a typology for who? For Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, pay attention. So, the Feast of Passover in the Old Testament was carried out every single year, but the message in what they were doing was that Christ was going to come once and for all and offer up himself as that lamb that they were killing every year. Hallelujah. So Christ was going to be the termination, was going to be the, well, well, the appearance of Christ and his death will be that uh, sacrifice that we terminate the need for a frequent offering of the passover lamb every year
1: praise god look at colossians chapter 2 colossians 2:14 2, to 15
0: colossians 2, 14 to 15 blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross i just this thing is powerful oh all right. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Next verse 16. All right. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. 17. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body, the soma, the substance is Christ. So that means. All of those ceremonies, all of those sacrifices were typologies. Christ is the essence. Are you following? Are you following? So the sacrifice of Jesus is the fulfillment of all those ceremonies. Praise God. So that's a feast of Passover. Now let us now move to the feast of harvest, or the feast of first fruits, or the feast of Pentecost. The feast of harvest, or the feast of what? Pentecost, or the feast of what?
1: First fruits. Praise God. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. Let's look at Exodus 23, verse 16.
0: You know, when people tell you things like, ah, that is in the Old Testament, it doesn't mean anything. No, 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 it's only New Testament, you know. Anyone that talks like that is a Bible literate. All right? <laughs> you should be able to
1: preach the gospel from the Old Testament without even opening the New. Do you understand? you hear what I said? You should be able to because it's there. Therefore, if any man
0: being Christ a new creation, you can preach it from the Old Testament. Praise God. Praise God. I will, put my, a new, a, a, I will take out of you what? The heart of flesh, heart of stone, and put the heart of flesh within you. I will put a new spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my ways. That's new creation now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Righteousness as a gift. Psalm 32. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not what? Impute sin. Hallelujah. No
1: so things since are there.
0: Praise God. Praise God. Now, look at what he says now. He says, and the feast of harvest, uh-huh. the first fruit of thy what? Of thy labors. Now, you will not get to find out. Hold on. You know when he says, and the feast of harvest, the first fruit of thy labors. Now, hold on. You know the Lord, the Bible says in St. chapter 24, verse 27 and 44, he says, and beginning at Moses, and in all the prophets, he began to what? Expound to them the things concerning what? himself. So now, it means that this statement, and the Feast of harvest, the first fruit of thy labors, is referring to Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. You will now see the first fruit of Christ's labor. Praise God. The first fruit, because it means that Christ planted something, hallelujah, and there is a feast or a period where he is coming to what, harvest, what he planted. Hmm? Are you following? So let's look at this, quickly. Now, it says, at the feast of harvest, the first fruit of our labors, which thou hast sown in the field. Thou hast sown where in the field? And the feast of ingathering, that's the third feast, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. This is talking about rapture. Hallelujah. I don't want us to go there because my time is limited. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So you now have the feast of harvest here. Now, let's go to Leviticus 23.16. In Leviticus 23.16, we are now shown that this Feast of Harvest was to occur exactly 50 days.
1: All right? Or seven sevens after the day of Passover. Have I lost anybody so far? Are you still with me, please? No, no, wait. Let us, show of
0: hands. Are you, are you, are you in the house? Let me see your hands. Uh-uh. Let me see your hand. Jenny House.
1: If your hands are not up, it means you are not in the house, so good. Now, listen. Okay, can uh-huh. we back up to 14? Then we read it downwards. Praise
0: God. Now, and you shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green eggs, unto the until the same day that ye have brought an offering unto your, uh, uh, unto your God, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. dwellings. Next, 15. And it shall count unto you from the morrow, after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven sabbaths shall be complete. Hallelujah. Seven Sabbath, seven Sabbath is what? Eh? 49 days. Because up to one Sabbath is seven days. All right. So it says from the morrow, that means from the first day, you count seven sabbaths. That is 50 days. Praise God. All right. All right. Shall you number 50 days and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord? 17. 17. All right. You shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baking with living. They are the first fruits unto what? The Lord. Can you remember? So this is talking about the feast of what? First fruits. Or it's called the Feast of Weeks. Why is it called the Feast of Weeks? Because it's the Feast feast of what?
1: The seven Sabbaths. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? It's the Feast of the seven Sabbaths. So from Passover to Pentecost was 50 days.
0: And it was at Pentecost that they were to offer their um, new grain or new meat. Hallelujah. All right? Or the
1: first fruit of their harvest to God. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? So, let us now come to Christ. First Corinthians
0: 1 and 5, 7. Christ is our what? Passover. Hallelujah. He was offered. So, he was offered during Passover. All right? The Jewish feast of Passover. That was when he died. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, he rose three days later. Hallelujah. He rose three days later. Then, for 40 days after he rose, he stayed and taught the disciples. Then, he was physically taken away. Out of um, their sight, they couldn't see him. Is that correct? How many days was that? 43. Then he told them, tarry Tari where? In Jerusalem. Turn there. All right. Tari in the city of Jerusalem until you be what? Endued with power from an eye. Now, when
1: you understand what I'm explaining, you will understand that being born again is endument with power. <laughs>
0: There is no another endurance. I will tell you what usually follows. What follows after being born again is the ministry of ministry gifts. The edification, the training. So when you come under ministry gifts, they will now train you. You will now begin to manifest what you have already received. You will now come into the awareness and the consciousness. That's why it matters the ministry gift you sit under. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Now, um, I don't know why you're opening that one. Did I say you should open that one? Praise God. Amen. Now, look, let's go to um St. Um, St. Luke's gospel. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from
1: another. Should be Luke 20. Is it 22? twenty four, eight, or something like that. Let's look at it quickly. Quickly, quickly. Hallelujah. Luke 24, 49. And behold,
0: I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from an eye. The word endued is the Greek word enduo. Enduo. Hallelujah. It means to be invigorated with something. It means to be clothed with something. To be submerged with something. Hallelujah. All right? To be submerged in something such that you are lost in it. To be submerged in something such that that thing you are submerged in becomes your new identity. Gosh. Do you understand? So, for example, if I submerge you in, um, into a garment, I don't see you, I see the garment. Praise God. So for example, let's say we had a, uh you remember that scripture says he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. I've told you that when he said he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, it means that when we look at that 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 uh that um result, that uh uh that immersion, that you and the Holy Ghost, by the time we examine it, that is, by the time we launch an introspection into it, we will not be able to tell the difference between you or the Spirit. Why? Because the joining of you with the Lord becomes an homogeneous mixture. It is not heterogeneous. Hallelujah. It is not like Gary and Water, where we can tell the water apart. Glory to God. The man who is endured with the spirit is lost in the spirit. So his identity is no longer his own.
1: His identity is now Holy Ghost. He's lost because he's endured. Hallelujah.
0: He said, Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until he be endued with power from an eye. Now, if you looked at it, at this time where Jesus said this, it was day 43. Is that correct? And we've calculated it now 43 so between the ascension of jesus and
1: acts 2:1 was seven days ah we, we just calculated it now seven days so go to acts 2:1 ah bible yeah. ma german Hallelujah. This this year, I will teach you. Ah,
0: uh, I will teach you. I will teach you, compress you, expand you, rearrange you. You will be word. <laughs> What's your name? You say, I'm word. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh-huh. Now, read this one now. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now notice, he says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, what is he saying? He saying when the 50 days from the offering of Jesus was complete. That's what he's saying. What Luke is trying to make you understand is that, all right, the typology in the law, glory to God, was fully fulfilled in Christ. Hallelujah. So, Christ is the fulfillment of the law of what? Passover. The feast of Passover. He is not the fulfillment of the what? The feast of what? Harvest or first fruits.
1: In that, he raised his first fruit from spiritual death on the day of Pentecost. John 12. John 12, 24. There's a principle here what Jesus Christ was talking about, his death here and his
0: resurrection and the new creation. Can we read one to go? John 12 24. He said, Verily, very I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth what? Alone. But if it was die, it bringeth forth what? Much Christ
1: is that corn of wheat. Hallelujah. We are the much fruit. Hallelujah, the first fruit
0: of his resurrection. So he died, and her, but if it die, he bringeth forth much fruit. It cannot bring forth much fruit except what it brings forth much fruit by what rising again from the dead. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. So Acts two one to four. Was when the first fruits of
1: Christ's offering, hallelujah, were born. Praise God. QED, correct? QD. All right, let's go and answer the second question. I expect you to teach it too after you learnt it, you teach it from tonight. Make noise about it. Hmm. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay. Now, let us now go and talk about baptism in the Holy Ghost. Does people, when you say baptism in the Holy Ghost,
0: it does it mean to speak in tongues? You have people say, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? And what they are saying is, do you speak in tongues? That's what they are saying. Now, first question. You are going to find from scriptures, you will not see it expressly stated in Acts of Apostles or in the Epistles where they use baptism in the Holy Ghost for tongues. Let me show you what you find. In Acts 2, verse 4, you find, filled with the Spirit, used in connection with talking in tongues. In Acts 19 and 6, you find, Holy Ghost came on them for talking in tongues, you in Acts 8.16, you have fallen upon, being used to refer to speaking in tongues. In Ephesians 5.18, you have filled with the Spirit, being used to refer to utterance. However, baptism in the Holy Ghost
1: or to refer to an immersion into the body of Christ. Because the word baptism means to submerge, it means to
0: immerse, hallelujah. That's what it means, to immerse or to submerge. So when you say, I want to baptize that pounded yam, glory to God, into that ogono, what you have is you have taken the pounded yam. And you have submerged it into it. Glory to God. Now, in that moment where that pandadium is submerged into the ogono, you cannot see the pandadium. Glory to God. The pandadium is lost inside the organo. Are you with me so far? Glory to God. So you say the pandadium is submerged into the ogono. So when we look at that sea of organo, we cannot see the pandadium different from the organo. Are you with me so far? I know if I use food terminologies, you will
1: get it. (laughs) Come on, shout, hallelujah! Praise the Lord!
0: (laughs) So, baptism in the Holy Ghost. All right, is to refer to an immersion into the body. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one Spirit, look at it. For by one Spirit, where we are baptized into what one body. Notice that. Uh-huh. whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been all made to do what? Into what? So
1: them that have been baptized have drunk. Praise God. So that means the baptized have drunk.
0: So when you are talking to a saved man, he is a man that has drunk of the Spirit. He's not a man that wants to drink. No. He has drunk. It is because he has drunk you can get him talking in tongues. Do you understand? It's because he has drunk. That's why you can get him talking in tongues. It's because he has drunk. That's why you can
1: activate him. I will explain that. That's the third question I want to answer. If he has not drunk, he has not the spirit. Amen. So, it talks about an immersion into the body of Christ. Like 1
0: Corinthians 6, 16, 1 Corinthians 6, 16 and 17. Alright, quickly. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to another is one body? For two said, he shall become one flesh. 17. But he that is joined unto what? The Lord is what? One spirit. Notice, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So the joining to the Lord, hallelujah, is the oneness of the spirits. Praise God. Now, look at the first time in the New Testament where the concept of baptism in the Holy Ghost was mentioned.
1: Matthew chapter 3. There's something I find out about many people. When a particular doctrinal subject is being taught,
0: whenever it doesn't line up with what their denomination teaches, they will now measure it based, based on, is the person pitching it popular? So my prayer, may God make us popular in Jesus'
1: name.
0: <laughs> Maybe when we have like one million members, people will listen to us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Chris, when he shares some, thing, Do you know how people are listening because he yeah, because it's popular. Amen. May God give us that in Jesus' name. At least maybe people will listen then. Praise God. I mean, I don't don't have beef for popular people. Amen. If you have beef for people, men of God are popular, it's an evil spirit that is worrying you. Amen. Like I was when you see a church that is doing well, then all of a sudden, you now have a problem with it. Then you now go on Facebook and meet with, they say, it's not by large attendance. What is it by? Say, no, it's quality over quantity. I want both. Amen. Amen. We have both in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. It's bad belly. Don't do bad. You see, bad belly in it ministry used to cause ulcer.
1: Hallelujah. It causes ulcer and indigestion plus insomnia. Amen.
0: And the blood normally, the Holy Ghost normally struggles to heal that one. Do you know why? Because the healing is in your hand. You get. Holy Ghost is not going to eat someone that, you know, because it, 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 the answer is in your hand. It's like you put your hand inside, you know, hot fire. And you say, oh Lord, heal me from the burnt hand. Remove your hand from the fire, my friend. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Like some folks are against the prosperity of the church. When you see a church that is doing well, maybe the pastor is prosperous. They begin to have, you know, true tantrums. Hallelujah. I just want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ that they are going to throw tantrums on all of us in this church in Jesus' name. They are going to lose their minds. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we are not going to be poor. We are rich in Jesus' name. Materially wealthy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We know it is not we didn't get, Jesus didn't die for us to be rich materially. Hallelujah. No. Hallelujah. That I have which will make us abundantly well supplied, and we will take those resources and push the gospel with it. Hallelujah. We will have crusading stadiums again. Hallelujah. Amen. And then we sing as I know. Oh God. No, no, it's not Deb that's oh no. He was just Nazareth. He will sing as oh, hey. and other we sing. I mean, yeah, and we have many people say it. Praise God. They said, COVID has come. It is a new normal. Don't worry. We will do social distance inside the stadium. I didn't hear your amen. Mm-hmm. Matthew three eleven. Everybody, we want to go. It says what? I indeed baptized you with what? This John the Baptist is speaking, by the way. I indeed baptized you with what? Water unto what? Hold on. It means the baptism of
1: John the baptism of water was unto what? Repentance. So, what the water baptism signified,
0: amen, was a, because what is repentance? Repentance is the Greek metanoia. Metanoia means to change your mind. That's what it means. To change your mind. Change your mind. Because John the Baptist's role was to prepare Israel for the coming of Christ. So their repentance meant that their mind was being renewed to who the Messiah was. So that's why if you look at the mandate given to John the Baptist, he was to come and straighten the crooked parts. So there was crooked parts in their understanding as Jews concerning salvation. So John the Baptist was a forerunner. He was to prepare the way. Make straight these parts. So God gave him the sign of water baptism as a typology, the final typology. Hallelujah. That was pointing to what Christ should come and do. So he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with what? Holy Ghost and with fire. So that means I am baptizing with water unto repentance. Jesus will come and baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire unto what? Repentance. Hallelujah. So that means what John was trying to exemplify through water baptism, Jesus brings the
1: substance in Holy Ghost baptism. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? So the baptism in the Holy Ghost
0: is the submerging into the body of Christ. The
1: baptism in the Holy Ghost is the new birth. Titus. Chapter 3. That's the final one of baptism. Titus. I was telling somebody. That I could teach. For 12 hours. The I remember there was time I went
0: to, ah, uh, it was LVCU now. Affish. Uh, it was LVCU. I was invited for their, they have this thing they used to do in LVCU that time. What leaders or something like that. So they will have one, this thing no, and no. all. So I think they gave me like six, eight hours or something, or something like that. Something like six or seven hours to teach. So I got there. I was like teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. You get, and there was no more time. I couldn't finish because the Bible, ah, this book, you can take a subject, trash it from like 13 different angles, some 50, ah, Bible, ah, this Bible, praise the Lord, I was doing a study on um, the book of Mark, I just did one and Mark two, what I saw there, just study, just take, I was like, ha, ah, Lord, I didn't see it before. So, right now, my personal Bible is mark. Praise God. So we say they can finish the book, they'll just read it through. You know, some people after reading the Bible it's good. Some people just be reading it through. It's okay. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good. It's all right. Just read it through, man. Amen. But <laughs> well, that thing you are reading really through. Make sure you have time to chew it too. <laughs> Amen. Just make sure you have time to chew it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All
1: right. So, so uh, Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness,
0: which we have done. Pay attention. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By what? Hold on. The word washing there is the Greek word lutrosis. Lutrosis is baptism. Hallelujah. It means submerging or baptism. Lutrosis or luthru. All right? Because baptism is a washing. So when he says by the lutrosis or the baptism of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, he's saying that the washing of regeneration is the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So the new birth, the baptism of the new birth, because Regeneration, there is a Greek, paligenesia. Paligenesia means to produce again, or to reborn, or rebirth. Hallelujah. Is that what it means? So when he's, he's talking about the operation of the Spirit of God in the new birth, so that means he's saying that we were saved by the new birth.
1: Hallelujah. Through the agency of the Holy Ghost. So to be baptized in
0: the Holy Ghost is to be saved. To be baptized in the Holy Ghost is to receive eternal life. To be baptized with the Holy Ghost is to receive forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you find expressions like in whom? Amen. In Christ. All those expressions are terminologies, all right, that speak of baptism. Remember, what did we say baptism is? To be what? Amen. Now, if um, what we're saying, uh, baptism in the Holy Ghost is to be, is talking about being immersed into the body of Christ. Is that correct? So that means if you are baptized into the Holy Ghost and in, by one spirit, where we are baptized into what? One body. So it means that if you are baptized into the Holy Ghost, you are where? In where? In Christ. Correct? Correct. All right. So if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you are what? In Christ or submerged into Christ. So when he says, therefore, if any man be where? In Christ. You could remove in Christ and say, if any man be baptized, where are in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Don't let certain terminologies fool you. Holy Ghost, Christ is the same thing. Because Christ is not Jesus' Son name.
1: Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. That's the Holy Ghost. Christ is Jesus Unlimited. Or, the Holy Ghost is Jesus Unlimited. The
0: Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ released from the broken body of Christ. Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of what? Christ is what? None of Why
1: is he telling you? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of what? Of Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians 4, 6. Galatians 4 and 6. Hallelujah. And
0: because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, crying what? Abba what? father. So if any man be in Christ, all right, is if any man be in the Holy Ghost, if any man be baptized in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you are in Christ, it means you have been baptized into the Holy Ghost, you have been submerged into the Holy Ghost, you have been made one with the Holy Ghost. All those things are in Christ. Glory to God. All right? In Christ equals baptism in the Holy Ghost, equals endued with power, equals new
1: creation, equals new birth. Amen, amen, amen. So he that has been
0: baptized into Christ has done what? Put on Christ. Hallelujah. He that has been made a new creation, hallelujah, is endued with Christ so this is who you are if you are born again so now let's now answer the question why is it then that certain folks even after having believed the gospel don't speak in tongues or walk in the manifestation of spiritual gift the answer is found in first corinthians
1: chapter 12 first corinthians chapter number 12 sorry i want to ask a question uh, is this okay uh, or is it too much Huh? Is it okay? First Corinthians 12 and verse 11. I, I don't want to start going to.
0: When did I explain? I explained this with scripture um, teaching. Huh? <clears throat> there was a service. I, I can't remember the title of the, this, is, so I can refer to Telegram. Where we explained as he wills. We explained
1: as he wills. I think, I, yeah, as he wheels. When was that? Yeah, what? what was the title of the message? All right, we'll let you know, I have forgotten. Hallelujah. Now, everybody,
0: read 1 Corinthians 12, 11, 1, to go like a mass choir. Yeah, by the way, I wanted to inform you, when, if people get sleepy when I'm preaching, I am no longer worried about it. Should I tell you why? I'll tell you why. You see, I'll tell you why because... All right, <laughs> I will tell you this story as many times as possible. <laughs> you see, because there was a particular guy in scripture, his name was Uticus. All right, Uticus broke a record in that he was the first person to die due to boredom from listening to a Bible teaching. So, you see, the man, um, Apostle Paul was teaching, and Uticus. All right, sat down and positioned himself in a higher, lofty place so that the man of God would not see him. All right, so as the sermon went on, Paul was teaching, he started teaching, and the Bible said he continued late into the night. And Eutychus said, I would rather die
1: than continue to listen to this message. This was the great Paul, and the Bible says that he slept, he
0: fell to his death. What did the man of God do? He paused the message, went down, raised him up, and put him back in the meeting. That, let me tell you something. If you think that dying will deliver you from this sermon, we will, will raise you to listen to it. <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: So he died, and they brought him back. Well, brother, finish the message. Praise the Lord. Ah. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at him and say, don't be like Kutikos.
0: No, I'm not saying, I'm, I, I didn't say that anyone was sleeping, no. I'm just, you know, I'll just, <laughs> praise God. First Corinthians 12, 11, Because I've heard some people say that, all right? Because people will sleep if your message is long. Keep your message brief, 34. That's how you will make, you know, semi-done Akara Christians. You know, have you, have you ever eaten Akara that you didn't finish frying? I remember everything I right? That you taste one side is sweet. It's okay. Then the other one will like, ah, what is this now? Hallelujah. Exactly. That is how Christians are that have spent 15 hours on Netflix in a week. They you now give them 35 minutes salmon. He can't walk.
1: They will be look, Christ will not be Lord of their life. He will be a passenger, a guest. You don't there'll be Christians in hip-hop, nick they come to do. Hallelujah. They don't know anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, God forbid our church should be filled with people like that.
0: You understand? Imagine a church, and the people that are in the church, that's their, ah, pastor, someone too long
1: uh-huh. Let's be honest. They are not hungry for the world. Uh-huh. they There's no hunger anywhere. You just come to church and they're doing like this.
0: Oh, wow. No time to check time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Carrie really want to go. He says what. But all this what? Walk at that one and what? Self-same spirit divide into every man severally as he will. Now, that word, pay attention now, walketh is the Greek word energio. Energy. all right now if you go to first corinthians 12 all right and you read from verse 4 you're going to see something because you see that's where i told you that the revelation of the spirit is present in the grammar remember i said that day one day two amen those of you that were picking the day to come you won't know what i'm saying but all right those of you that have been stepha, you understand all right, I said in the, the, all right, that the revelation of the Spirit, the message that the Lord wants to communicate, is in the grammar of the writings. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 4. He said, now, there are what? Diversities of gifts, but the same what? Spirit. Verse 5, continue. He says, there are different of administration, but the same Lord. 6, he says, there are diversity of operations. Now, that word, operations, there. He said that word, operations. Now, you notice in 11, it is what? woket, right? but well, that word "woket" and this word operations are kit and kin in Greek. Because the word operations here is the Greek word energia. Energia. Now, let me tell you the difference between the energia here and the "woket energio, in 11. Now, the energia here is a noun. All right? In the Greek, it's a noun. So when you say, and there are diversity of operations, that operation, that word is a noun in the Greek. It is not describing any activity. So what is a noun? A noun is the name of a person, place, or thing. Correct? Praise God. Praise God. All right? For example, if I say, that or this is a car. I have just, described, I have just said it's a car. Is it a car? Yes. What is the car doing? Have I described what the car is doing? No. I've just said
1: it's a car. Hallelujah. Now, the fact that I've said a car is there, does it mean the car is moving anywhere? No. Well,
0: is there a car there? Is there a car there? Now, if that a person individual has a car, so if I said, Pastor Ade owns the car, owns a car, Ade and car, Ade nouns, Ade nouns, good. Now, if I say, Pastor Ade was driving the car, or the car is on motion. I am describing an activity, or if I say, Pastor, there is driving, all right? Now, I'm telling you when I say, uh, you can see the car moving in your mind, praise God. Now, the fact that I mentioned that there is a car in the story, all right, does not mean I've said that the car is moving, praise God. Now, when you say, and there are diversities of operations, energy energia is telling you what is present, but it's not necessarily telling you that
1: what is present is active. Glory to God. So in 11, 1
0: Corinthians 12 he says, All this worketh. That's energy.
1: Energia is now a verb. He's talking about something that is working. Something that is operative, not just present. Are you following? Something that is operative, not just present. It is present and we can see the effects. It's present and manifested. So, every believer has the gift of the
0: Spirit. Every believer has all the resources of the Spirit in them present. But not every believer is manifesting it. How do you bring them from the place of what is present being manifested? The principle of laying on of hands. Praise God. That was what Peter and John did in Acts 8. They laid hands on the Samaritans and activated them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Remember what Paul said to Timothy. Stir up the gift of God, which was put in you by the
1: laying on of hands. Hallelujah. So that laying on
0: of hands, praise God, is what? Bringing that believer from
1: the latent phase of what is present to so, an active phase of what is present. Praise the Lord. Do you understand? Do you understand? So when
0: you are ministering to believers, understand what it is you are doing, you cannot give them the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are not Christ. Christ is the gift of God to the world. But in that gift of God that Christ is, Christ, all right, or the Holy Ghost is the gift
1: of Christ to the saved. So, if a man is saved, he has already received the gift of the Holy Ghost. What
0: you come to do is now to bring them into what? A manifestation
1: of that which they have received. And acknowledging of every good thing that
0: is where? In them, in Christ Jesus. Are you following? Are you following?
1: That will include the gift of the spirit and all of the character of the spirit. Is this clear? Is this clear? Is this clear?
0: So when a man starts talking in tongues, you will say he is filled with the spirit.
1: Hallelujah. 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 What well, that's what a man starts talking about He's with the spirit. He's filled with the spirit. Amen. He didn't just get, he didn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost.
0: So when you go out and preach the gospel, all right, and people get saved. You just say, oh, amen, got saved. Oh, 20 got baptized in the Holy Ghost. What do you mean? 20 got saved. Hallelujah. All right. And okay, amen, God uh, amen said talking in tongues. Oh, we got all 20 talking in tongues. So we helped the 20 who were baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right. And who had received, all right, the spirit to what? To unwrap their gifts. That's what we've done. We activated them. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. All right, I got to stop here tonight, Amen, because our time is fast spent. Praise God. We'll continue tomorrow, Reverend. By our Day is going to be with us tomorrow. Praise God. All right, it's going to be Holy Ghost meeting, so get ready for that. Hallelujah. Can we rise up and off? We just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Doctor Femi olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain
1: blessed.